Welcome to the Practical Rambling Fathers Podcast. My name is Father Tate. Father Brian. Thank you so much for joining and tuning into our podcast. Today's topic is the Sacrament of Holy Orders. And how convenient that both of us are priests and we're able to provide a greater in-depth detail, but precise and concise, uh, what it means for this sacrament. So before we even launch into it, let's look at the history of the priesthood. In the Old Testament, the priesthood was often, the priests were the ones that will offer sacrifice on behalf of God's people. So for example, if you want a good harvest, if you wanted to have, uh, if you wanted to have a good family, you, you or forgiveness of sins, right? You you would often go to the priest and saying, "Please offer the sacrifice for me and my family." And what would happen then is you would stop on the outside of the tent. The priest would take your animal sacrifices, bring it and sacrifice into the holies of holies and offer it as a gift to the Lord. So there were many restrictions there. It also can be confusing because we also have prophets during that time. The prophets are the ones who were often listening to the word of God and they would preach about it when God reveals them certain things. All of that came into one fold with Jesus Christ because Jesus is the, is the high priest. He brings all the uh, priest, prophet, and king together. We hear those terms all used at the sacrament of baptism. The priest is now both the sacrifice and the victim simultaneously within this ultimate sacrifice. All right, so priest and victim. So the Old Testament, like Father Tate was saying, would always offer something other than himself. Would offer grain, would offer an animal, whatever. But in Christ, he offers himself. So when he offered himself on the cross, when he offers himself at the Last Supper and the Eucharist, he's offering uh, his very self, and he's the one doing the offering. So in our baptism, we're all called to a... a uh, Participation. A participation in the priesthood of Jesus. And so we're all called to offer sacrifice. We're all called to a life of prayer. Um, but Father Tay and myself and the priests um, are called to a sacramental priesthood which serves the laity. So, and we serve the laity, uh, being both priest and victim, which is a cool thing that um, we won't get into today, but talking about being. A victim of even um, the goodness of uh, celibacy and being able to enter into giving ourselves away in that way too, as as being a victim and a priest, um, entering into that with Jesus, um, and the great grace and gift that that is. And then also, um, Christ is the head, and so we act in persona Christi, so we act in the person of Christ, and in acting in the person of Christ. Um, we were able to confect the Eucharist and all the other sacraments uh, with the Holy Spirits um, working through us. What are the other two, Tay? Father Brown was asking about is what are the three kind of more principal duties of the of the priest, which is the ministry of teaching, sanctifying, and governing the people of God. Teaching. How can we see a priest teach? Right through his homilies, through the talks that he gives through even teaching RCIA or any of the uh, classes on particular sacraments. Sanctifying, you know, his work through the sacraments, anointing of the sick, you know, working with married couples or couples about to be married. How do we sanctify their marriage? And also through the sacrament of baptism and confession too as well. And governing the people of God. 
Remember, typically, diocesan priests are in charge of governing a particular church and, and an area of which they're called to serve. So, for example, I'm the pastor of Sacred Heart Church in Wasika, Minnesota, and so it is my job to govern the people within Wasika and also the, the boundaries within my parish, too, as well. Yep. So we are, we're, we're the teachers, we're the sanctifiers, we're the governors of all these different places. So, um, And the bishop entrusts us to the parishes to do that for him because, the, I don't know if you knew this, the priesthood is not the fullness of the priesthood. It's the bishop. It's actually the bishop. And so mm-hmm. there's actually three degrees of ordination, um, uh, bishop, priest, and deacon. So... Both Father Tay and I were both deacons for a year. We were called transitional deacons. Correct. And so for that full year, we were a deacon. Um, and half of that year, more than half that year, we were actually still in school mm-hmm. in Detroit still. And then after that year, we became, uh, we got ordained priests. And um, both of those sacraments took place by a validly ordained bishop. Because the bishop is technically uh, the fullness of the priesthood, um, he is able to do both confirmation and holy orders, which out of all the sacraments, priests are not able to do, Correct. are not able to do holy orders ever, um, even mm-hmm. if we get a whole bunch of us together yep. and try to do it, doesn't which tried to that. happen in the early church. Don't work. doesn't happen. Um, Just don't think about it. But then, uh, so we were ordained to the diaconate and to the priesthood by Bishop Quinn, and the bishop is the fullness um, of the priesthood, going all the way back to the apostles being handed down, which we see over and over again in the scriptures of the laying on of hands that has been gone, going on throughout the centuries. So mm-hmm. that's succession all the way back to St. Peter's. So Correct. it's the fullness of the priesthood inside the bishop. And so we work in and through and with the bishop of um, the given diocese that we are ordained for and or are currently in. Serving in. Yeah. <clears throat> so hopefully that kind of gives you, because we can spend hours and hours to talk about, you know, what the priesthood is um, in, in, in general. One of the coolest things that's really overwhelming for priests is, you know, we live in a world where it's all about like, like, like the novelty, right? If you don't like something, you can go to the store and return it. The sacrament of priesthood, when it's conferred, when the priest... When the bishop ordains a candidate to become a transitional deacon um, or even a priest, that cannot be taken back. Our soul has been forever changed. And so, and so is our whole life. Now we're really consecrated to God and for the service of God. You know, uh, a lot of the other sacraments are the same way too, with baptism and confirmation, mm-hmm. leaving us that indelible mark that we are now made to be people of God and to be set apart, but how much so much more for the priesthood who is serving at his altar. So, so it's, it's a very humbling thing sometimes. You know, uh, ask uh, you know, ask ask your parish priest, how did you feel when you were first ordained? You know, did you realize what was going on? Of course they did, but but once again, it's the awareness and the grateful gratitude for having this beautiful gift. And so, the next question that we that we like to talk about too is. <clears throat> You know, how does one come to know that God is calling them to become a priest? Did it take an old grandma in the back of the church praying the rosary to ask you that? Like, how does one discern, right? We hear this buzzword 
all the time. How does one pray and carefully distinguish within his heart which voices are calling him to do what? Right? Is it God calling him to become a priest? Or is it his desire to become a priest? I mean, it has to be his desire. But how free is he to choose it? Or is he just wanting it to be for his own? Right. So, our first advice is kind of what Aaron and Emily were saying. Um, fall in love with Jesus. Um, recognize as a man... Um, I am called to die. Um, I'm called to die for a bride. Um, either that bride being the church or that bride being um, a woman or your wife. And so how am I called to do that? And how is the Lord calling me to do that? Because to live a bachelorhood is, um, is not a fullness of life. It's yep. a very selfish way of, of living. And so mm-hmm. how am I called to die? How am I called to serve? How am I called to love? And so... When I started off, um, I mean, I did date right before I went into seminary, but um, while I was in seminary, looking back on a whole bunch of different things um, over my life, I realized uh, the distinction that helped me was praying with the idea of exclusive or inclusive love. Correct. Um, That was a very um, helpful thing for myself. Mm. Am I? Am I? Do I exclusively love people, or do I inclusively love people? And I very quickly realized I inclusively love people. And what does that look like vocationally? <laughs> that looks like celibacy, right? So if I'm an inclusive lover, celibacy is the best way that I can give myself away to as many people in service and in love, versus in an in, or an exclusive way which would be the sacrament of marriage. Correct. And so recognizing that the Lord has designed me for an inclusive versus an exclusive. And there's obviously nothing wrong with being an exclusive. Majority of humanity is called to exclusive an exclusive love, where me loving this individual in marriage mm-hmm. um, is for my salvation, is helping me and raising kids and doing that. So Correct. the inclusive love is kind of a... An interesting way to do it. So, um, the nuptial love of of an uh, inclusive love with God. So, amen. That's kind of where I started, anyways. But it's it's such a good pointer, though, Father Brian. Right, for a young guy to gauge, right? Because, like, from my own past life, um, I tell this as a joke, but it was true. Like, I remember my brother being so confused. He said, "You know, it's like about day. You know, like." You know, this particular gal that I'm friends with, she really likes you. Why aren't you, like, dating her? And I said, because what will her friends think? And my brother was called to love exclusively. He's like, why does it matter, right? <laughs> so it, even though it's a silly example, but it's a good telltale sign, right? If God's calling you to for and uh, inclusive love, your heart yearns to love as much, as many people as you can in the best way. That's why you find yourself really serving God. You find yourself... Um, immerse and fall in love with God and trying to help others to receive that same love. And I think a lot of priests have felt that call. That that for some reason, loving exclusively wasn't enough. There was a deeper love that propelled us to say, you're, you're meant to love, you're meant to fall in love with me first, and then from this ever-dwelling love, you can go out and branch off to love others in return. Right, right. But it takes time. It takes what in humility six yeah. years yeah yeah it took no it took four it took me three years to figure that one out 
um, and still figuring it out. But, um, yeah, so there's that really, that Lord calling us away to that deeper, right, to, to witness to, and it's also, it's celibacy not to be a bachelor, it's celibacy mm. um, to be for the kingdom, for the sake of the kingdom, right? And that's what Jesus says. For those who can receive it, let them receive it. Um, if they can be eunuchs for the kingdom, then let them be eunuchs for the kingdom. And so that's a beautiful call that the Lord, when you read that as a priest, we're like, oh, okay, sounds good. I guess I was able to receive it. So receiving it deeper, um, being able to give our lives more fully. Amen. More freely. So, um, And then Father Tan and I were also talking about this. The practical question of should I be a priest is probably the worst question to ask. Um, because typically what that's going to do is lead you to fear, intimidation, and go, I don't even know. Uh, yeah. A better question would be, uh, how am I called to serve? How am I called to die? What's my heart constructed as? Mm-hmm. How did the Lord design me? What are my, What are my desires? I love the faith. I love the youth. Okay, that's how I started off. I was like, I like the faith. I like the youth. All right, maybe I'll be a religion teacher. And then I was like, well, I'll give priesthood a call and give it a year. And then once when I was done with that year, then uh, I realized I was going to stay on for a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's beautiful. And so um, once more, there's not a very concrete answer for this, right? How does one discern but that's a very good way how are we called to love how how are we called to serve because within the deeper parts of discernment especially with the priesthood when we talked about how the priest is always offering sacrifices for his people transitioning that from the priest becoming victim and the sacrifice himself as the priest that's that's usually a huge telltale sign of those who've been called to the priesthood right what do you like to do is what the society tells you but on a deeper level, that's what what we mean when we say, how is God calling you to serve? What places do you find yourself attracted to the most? Is it prayer? Is it quiet? Is it a deeper sense of fulfillment when you teach the youth, when you impart the faith? Right. So these are all telltale signs. And then just to be humble, right? a priest is meant to be the dispenser, right? He's the servant. That's why Jesus made it very clearly on Holy Thursday that when he instituted the Eucharist, he taught his disciples, the first priest, how to be priests by serving first. He washed their feet. So if you have a heart of service, which we all should, but if there's a heart of service in you and the Lord's calling you to use that service in a deeper way through the church, don't be afraid. And God will, God will always ask you the question, do you trust me? And do you love me? And if you're, if you're able to answer yes to those both questions, then jump out, take his hand. Um, my story is very similar to Brian with that too. It's true. Every year, the Lord keeps asking, do you trust me? Do you love me? Continue to follow my heart and, and in my voice. So I hope this has been fruitful for all those who have been listening. We love vocations, so we preach about it. But most importantly, how are you living your, your life for God, first and foremost. Vocation will come, but you have to make that call to holiness first, that you have to fall in love with God, and everything else will be set in place. Right. And just a word to, you know, all those things that we just talked about, none of those were to serve 
us, right? So this is a beautiful thing, and I don't know that we recognize this about our priests. They don't serve themselves. All the sacraments are to be given away. Like, I can't administer anointing of the sick or confession or... Um, I can't say Mass for myself, I guess, um, which is pretty cool and dude often on my day off. But just those, we don't do the sacraments for ourselves. Um, and so it's a life of giving the sacrament, the grace away to the lady. So it is, it's a, it's a life of, of service to the lady, but ultimately to God. And so our focus is on God and doing what God is asking of us in the parish, um, and then trying to uh, walk as best we can with the people um, in that journey uh, towards the Lord. And so to give our life into that um, dynamic, that that dynamic of, of being able to give ourselves, of not serving ourselves, but to serve God and to, to His people. Right. Before we close off, we ask us one, one blessings, because both of us are pastors so it's been another transition. Our priests are going from the associate priest, which is where we're being trained into becoming a pastor and learning the ropes of what it means to become a priest. Now that we are a pastors, I ask for the number one blessing for you, Father Brian. Just um, kidding. Let's talk about it. You may have the floor. Yeah, I don't even know. Um... I guess my biggest blessing would be just being able to walk with people towards the Lord, especially through the hard times, through funerals. I don't know what it is, but I love funerals. I love preaching at funerals. I love walking with people at funerals um, and at the graveside and just walking with families during that time of their life. Not that everything else isn't, but um, I don't know. There's just there's a real... Um, my heart aches and the goodness of the gospel is really able to to really be able to conquer a lot, conquer death even um, at that moment uh, during a funeral. And so uh, faith in Jesus and hope in Jesus and being able to share that with the family and walk with the family through that, um, even though there's mourning and there's sorrow, like that's definitely... Um, I hope forever will be um, one of the graces uh, of, of my priesthood of just being able to to do funerals well and to be able to walk with families and pray with families and listen to them um, and um, validate and then move closer to Jesus being the resurrection and the life like he said he was, said he is. Beautiful. <clears throat> yeah, I, I kind of want to re-echo what Father Brian says. For me, one of the coolest part about becoming a priest and now pastor is that, you know, it's a gift to be able to offer ourselves for God. It's never about us. So for me, the, being a pastor, it's amazing to see when people receive their freedom, that desire, and when they fall in love with Jesus, the most amazing thing in the world. Right? We don't, we don't compliment you guys on it, but you're so faithful. <sighs> And we're so blessed and privileged to be your priest. This is what we are called to do. It's not about us. So the more that you go and fall in love with Jesus, the more excited we get. Because why? You're experiencing things that we have experienced, that we want you to experience, which is a deeper relationship with Christ, to receive His love, and to grow into 
on that love. So for me, I love baptism. Southern baptism, because then you can get the whole family together, build up the marriages of the family, and those who are present who may not have gone to Mass for a while, and just say, look, when you baptize your child, you know what's happening? That birth of child is benefiting your marriage and for the rest of your family. Because as, as, as we get older, we can be very sarcastic, cynical, Debbie Downers. But when a child enters into the midst, what happens? It disarms us in our cynicism and helps us to be joyful and look at things with different eyes of hope. That's the true message of the gospel. That's why as priests, that's what we do. The, the gospel of the message is that Jesus come into the world to love us, to save us from our sins, and to bring us back into the heart of the Father. Children get that. They don't have the answers or the words for it, but they understand. And that's why it's so beautiful to be able to confer First Communion to these children when they're able to receive Jesus and to live out their faith. So thank you so much for listening. Right, one more thing. Yes. Resources that are out there. If you're trying to discern possibly the call of the religious life, I've, or to holy orders. Yeah. Uh, to Save a Thousand Souls is definitely by Archbishop Doran. What? Is it by Archbishop? It's Father Brennan. Brennan. How to Save a Thousand Souls? It's Father Brennan. Okay. Save a Thousand Souls by Father... I thought it was from when he was at the Knack. Okay, whatever. So, Save a Thousand Souls by Father Brandon. And then, um, another one that I find, if you are in seminary, to watch, actually, is an Archbishop of the Philippines. Um, he gives a beautiful homily, and we'll put a link in the description here, maybe for it. Yeah. But basically, uh, he goes, are you weak enough to be a priest? Are you afraid enough to be a priest? And are you broken yeah. enough to be a priest? I cried. And so, yeah, I cry every time I listen to it. I've been listening to it, like, literally every day for, like, the last two weeks. Mm. Um, it's just so good what he's saying and what he's trying to get across. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are two kind of different things. Um, that would be good. Or talk to your vocation director of your diocese, figure out who that is. Um, but and mostly just grow closer priest. to the Lord. Oh, and your parish priest, right? Talk to him about what it is, what you know, what priest it is. So, but pray first, get to know Jesus. Get to know Jesus, fall in love with Him, because that's the thing. You can't say yes to something you fear. So, Amen. you got to be able to lay down your life for a friend, out of love, not out of fear. So, Amen. Amen. Boom. So hashtag stay holy, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to this section of our podcast, The Practical Rambling Fathers. Once more, I'm Father Tay, joined here by Father Brian. And we just talked about the sacrament of holy orders. We hope you've enjoyed this and it's been fruitful for you. And if you know any young gentlemen out there who are praying, who are discerning, first ask them, right, how has Jesus called you? How has he loved you? And has his love called you to a deeper part of your life? Peace out.